0: Happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. It is so awesome to see all of you here today. Just a quick show of hands. How many of you have ever been a witness? Have you witnessed an actual auto accident? You actually saw it happen in front of you. How many of you witnessed a car accident? Okay, all right. How many of you have witnessed a tornado on the ground doing damage? Any of you? Okay, I have not, and I'm okay with that. So, <laughs> how many of you have seen and witnessed a house on fire? You've seen it on fire. A number of you, me too. How many of you have been in a fire? Yeah, it's not fun. It is not fun. My, my senior year at college, my dorm was on fire. It was right before spring break, uh, and I can still close my eyes and see the furniture burning, uh, the flames, the smoke. Uh, you know, that was something I witnessed that I will never forget. And I think it's safe to say that, right? When you witness a powerful event, you don't forget it very easily. And 2,000 years ago, there were many eyewitnesses who saw the most powerful event in all of history. right The resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth from the grave. In Acts chapter 1 verse 3, it says this way. After his suffering, Jesus showed himself to the apostles and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So right off the bat, uh, the disciples were eyewitnesses of the resurrected Christ. They saw Jesus alive after he had been dead and buried. And the Bible says that in other places um, that Jesus appeared to hundreds and hundreds of other people. And these weren't just followers of Jesus. These were skeptics and unbelievers as well. And he didn't just have one appearance. And there were many appearances that happened over a several uh, a several week period of time. So you have all of these people who see Jesus alive, and I pretty much guarantee you they did not forget that. And I'm pretty sure. That I'm pretty. I think it's pretty safe to say that they shared that as well with other people. And in fact, they were threatened. And and told to not share the news that Jesus was alive. But when they were threatened like that, a lot of them, their response was, "How can we not? How can we not talk about this? It's true. We saw it with our own eyes." We are wrapping up a series that we've been in throughout the whole season of Lent called "Were You There?" And today, on this Easter Sunday, what I want to do is look at those people, those eyewitnesses who were there, and they saw Jesus alive after he had risen from the tomb. And and really, my goal today is, is twofold. What I want to do is look at what that means, okay? What does it mean that these eyewitnesses saw Jesus alive? What does that mean about Jesus, And then second, what does that mean for us today, right? The big so what? Nice story. Let's go eat some chocolate bunnies and have some ham. So what? How does the resurrection of Jesus impact us today in 2021? So that's what I want to cover with all of you, and let's jump right in. First, because there were so many people who saw Jesus alive after he was dead and buried, it means that Jesus really is who he claimed to be. And this is huge. You know, Jesus made during his earthly ministry some pretty outrageous claims. For example, in John 14, verse six, very familiar words, but Jesus says this. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. All right, with those words, Jesus is making a very bold statement, isn't he? All right, he's saying, in effect, I'm God and I am the only way Anyone is going to be saved. That's a bold statement. Now, we live in a world today that where a lot of people think that, yeah, Jesus is a way, but there are many other roads, many other paths that will get you to God. Eventually, they'll all take you to the same place. There isn't one way. There are many ways. And I kind of laugh at that because that's like saying you can take any random street that you choose in Northeast Ohio and make it to my home. You can just Any street will take you to the driveway to my home. <laughs> that's, that's not going to work, okay? Uh, there is one street that takes you to my home. And likewise, Jesus is saying there is only one way to get into his heavenly kingdom, and he's it. It's an outrageous claim. Another claim, very similar. Jesus says it this way in John 11, verse 25. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. With those words, he who believes in me, what? Bold statement, right? Another bold statement, I'm God. I'm the only way to be saved. Now, you would think, wouldn't you, that after somebody makes that kind of a bold statement, they'd be able to back it up, right? They better be able to back it up. On one occasion, Jesus drives the money changers out of the temple, The religious leaders have a fit about that, and they challenge Jesus, saying, hey, who do you think you are? What gives you the right to do this? And basically, Jesus says, well, I'm God. And they're like, yeah, right, prove it. He said, okay, I will. After you crucify me, I will come back to life three days later. And on that first Easter Sunday, that's exactly what he did. You see, having all of those eyewitnesses see Jesus alive after he was dead and buried, it just backs up all of those claims. It backs up the claim and it proves that Jesus really is who he claimed to be, God. Second, because there are so many people who saw Jesus alive, it also means that Jesus really had the power that he claimed to have. Jesus claimed to have the power of almighty God. So he's not just God. He has the power of God. And he says so in Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. With those words, Jesus is saying that he has authority over the entire universe, right? And that is something that only could have belonged to God, could only be under the power of God. And Jesus says, yep, that's me. How about this, in John 10, 18, Jesus says, I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. Notice that word authority. This time he uses it twice. Just as to, you know, uh, to emphasize the fact there is no power, there is no no force, there is nothing that is going to keep him in that tomb. Why? Because he is the power of Almighty God. He has the power, he has power over all things, including his own resurrection. So, because again, we got all these people who've seen the resurrected Christ, they've seen him alive after he was dead and buried. It proves to us that Jesus really is who he claimed to be God, and that he really does have the power that he claimed to have, the power of God. But third, it also means that Jesus really does what he promises to do. So, when Jesus tells you that he's going to do something, it's going to happen because Jesus keeps his word. For example, Jesus, one day during his earthly ministry, announced that he was going to be crucified and rise again. He says it this way in Mark 10, verse 34. The son of man will be betrayed to the chief priests, who will mock him, flog him, and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. Jesus promised that it would happen, and it did. And, of course, that was all part of the gracious and loving plan that God had for our salvation, right, to save us. But it's, it's just amazing that Jesus kept his word. And then on that first Easter, after Jesus had risen from the tomb, uh, the women came to the tomb, remember, and they don't see Jesus. They see an angel sitting in the tomb. And the angel affirms Jesus' promise by saying this in Matthew 28. Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Right? Just as he said. When Jesus makes a promise, he keeps it. Okay? It's going to be true. You can count on it happening. So really the bottom line is that because we have all these eyewitnesses, all these people who saw Jesus alive after he was dead and buried, we can know that Jesus really is who he claimed to be, God, that he really does have the power that he claimed to have, the power of God, and that because he is God, he keeps the promises that he makes. What I like to do in the time that we have left is I like to share with all of you here, all of you watching online right now, I'd like to just share with you the impact, the so what of Easter, the impact that his resurrection can have on your life today. Right? And each of these different impacts are connected to each of these three different truths. So, for example, truth number one, because Jesus really is who he claimed to be, right, God, the impact for you today is this. Your yesterday's mistakes can be erased. How many of you have ever seen this before? How many of you know what it is? Say it out loud. What is this? atch a sketch. that's right. Yeah, but it's like, oh, that's so much fun. How many of you played with one of these when you were a kid? Look at all of you. No, I'm okay, how many of you bought one for your kids and you're still playing with it? <laughs> Just checking. And That's okay. My sister and brother and I, we had one of these when uh, I was growing up, and I enjoyed playing with it. Uh, and of course, if you are familiar with the etch sketch you know how it works, right? If you make a mistake, and you make a lot of them with these things, um, the easy way to just start over again is you just flip it face down, and you shake it, right? It's easy. As human beings, we make a lot of mistakes, don't we? And I'm sure, if you're like me, that there are plenty of times when you wish you could have a part of your life like an Etch-A-Sketch, you could just kind of shake it all away. All right, the words that you wish you hadn't said, the thing that you did, you really wish you hadn't done, you just kind of wish you could erase all of those mistakes just like you do on an Etch-A-Sketch. Well, the good news of Easter is that no matter what you've done, where you've done it, how long you've done it, whether you did it just 10 minutes ago, Or 10 years ago, the good news of Easter is that your yesterday's mistakes can be erased. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 God forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code that was against us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. So, because of Jesus, God has taken everything you've done wrong, okay, every mistake. Every failure, every really bad choice and poor decision, all of your sin, and he's erased it. Okay, but he didn't do it by just, you know, shaking a Netch's sketch. How did he do it? Nailing it to the cross. Nailing it to the cross where Jesus died so that we could be completely and totally forgiven. You know, one of the things I, I really enjoy about a Netch's sketch is that when you do make a mistake and then you, you know, you shake it away, it erases it all. You forget about the mistake. It's not long before you can't even remember what it was that you did wrong. Because of Jesus, because of Jesus and his death on the cross, God forgives you your sin. And his promise is that because your sins are forgiven, you can forget those past mistakes. You can forget about them. And God says it because God says, even I forget about them. You're like, what? Yes, Hebrews 8, verse 12. Look at this. God is speaking, and he says, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. I love that verse. I absolutely love that verse. You know what? I love this verse, though, even more. It's Romans 8, verse 1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know what I love about that verse? It's God's Etch-A-Sketch verse. Would you guys read it out loud? Those of you who are watching online, just say it out loud. Ready? Ready? There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah, that's God's etch a sketch verse. Because in that verse, God is saying that through Jesus, you no longer have to be weighed down by guilt and regret of past mistakes. Through Jesus, those mistakes are erased. Your yesterday's mistakes are gone. You got a clean slate, it's a fresh start. Your guilt is removed. There is no condemnation. For any of you, any of you watching, any of you here, when you believe that Jesus is your personal Savior. So, because Jesus really is who he claimed to be, God, the impact, and this is such good news, your yesterday's mistakes can be erased. Isn't that amazing? But it gets better. Second, because Jesus really has the power that he claimed to have, the impact for you and me is that your present problems can be managed. I don't know about you, but my life can become unmanageable at times. There are times when life seems to be, you know, out of control. And over the years of my ministry, I've had people come up to me and they've they've complained about how their life is just spinning out of control. And they'll say, Pastor Z, I just feel so powerless to break out of this bad habit. Or I feel so powerless to to save this relationship that matters to me. Or I feel so powerless to to, um, manage my schedule, whatever. Or for many of us, we feel so powerless in this pandemic, right? We're we're not able to do what we would like to do, and we, we can't because of the pandemic. And in those moments, we just need to understand there is a power that is bigger than ourselves, Remember, I said the good news just gets better. This is the good news, it gets even better. The power that you need that's bigger than yourself is offered to you by Jesus. Look at this verse Ephesians chapter 1 says, His incomparably great power for us who believe is like the working of His mighty strength, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. So, the incomparably great power that Jesus used to rise from the grave is the same power that God makes available to you today to help you rise, if you will, above your problems. And and I say that because while life can be out of your control, it is never out of God's control. And so God is more than happy to flow His, his amazing power, his incomparably great power into your life, his resurrection power into your life to help you face and manage your present problems. This is another very familiar verse, Ephesians 4:13. Paul says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now We all know this verse. We know it doesn't say I can do everything through positive thinking or by really psyching myself up. Right? It says I can do everything through Christ who in turn gives me the strength. The strength isn't coming from you. Okay? It comes from God. So no matter what difficulty, no matter what trouble, no no matter what problematic situation you might be facing, you can count on the fact that God is going to flow resurrection power, his strength, his resurrection power into your life to help you manage your present problems. How cool is that? So because Jesus really is who he claimed to be, your yesterday's mistakes can be erased. And because Jesus really does have the power that he claimed to have, he gives you the strength to help manage your present problems. But third, because Jesus really does keep the promises that he makes, and this is where it gets even better. The impact for you is that your future eternity is certain. It's certain. I think we all know the really awful joke when people come up to you kind of groan. There's only two things in life that are certain. What are those two things? Everybody tell me. Death and taxes. Oh, again, I say, that joke is just tired. But you know, of those two things, one is really serious and it's death because everybody dies and everybody wants to know where they're going to go when they die. And I'm thinking all of you sitting here, all of you watching online right now, you're hoping that when you die, you're going to go to heaven. And I, I hope that too. But there's a couple things about heaven you need to know. Number one, heaven is an absolutely perfect place, which means there's no evil, no sin, no mistakes, nothing. It is just total love, peace, perfection, totally perfect place, and that is amazing. Second, in order to get into that perfect place called heaven, you have to be perfect. That's not so amazing because we're automatically excluded, aren't we? We're, none of us are perfect. So then how does the person get into heaven? Well, unfortunately, we live in a world that does try this first option. A lot of people think they can just try to earn heaven on their own. Okay, so they're just going to say, I'm not going to make any mistakes. I'm not going to think the wrong thoughts. I'm not going to say any bad words. I'm just going to not make any mistakes. Well, good luck with that. I mean, that's like saying that in order to get into the baseball hall of fame, that every baseball player has to bat a thousand and play error-free baseball their entire career. (laughs) That's not going to happen. If you look at some of those guys in the Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame, some of those batting averages are at best 300. So it's just, it doesn't work because we're not perfect. If we could be perfect, great, but we're not. The Bible says in Psalm 14, there is no one who does good, not even one. So thankfully we have another option and that is to trust in Jesus Christ to earn heaven for us. So how does that look? It means that when you die and you're standing before God and in the gates of heaven and he's looking down at you and he says, why should I let you into my heaven? Your only answer is, I can't get into heaven on my own. But I trust that Jesus, by his death on the cross, has paid for all of my sins and earned my forgiveness. And because Jesus rose from the dead, I believe his promises are true. And he promises that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So I'm trusting in Jesus. I'm trusting in him. And you know what God's gonna do? He's gonna say, Welcome home. Come on in. And that's it, right? That's the only answer that works. 1 Peter 1 verse 3 says, In his great mercy, God has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. When you believe that Jesus paid for your way to get into heaven, you have hope. A living hope. Not just wishful thinking hope, but a confident hope. That yes, your future eternity is certain. And it doesn't get any better than that. So let me just close by challenging you in a couple of ways on this Easter Sunday. Number one, let me challenge you to connect with God in his word and memorize Romans 8 verse 1. Remember, that's, that's, his, that's his Etch-a-Sketch verse. Uh, any of you guys remember what it is? <laughs> no, let me do, it, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Say it again with me, ready? There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Learn that verse, cling to that verse. It's God's Etch-a-Sketch verse. Second, <clears throat> trust in Jesus' resurrection power for all your problems. Whether your problems are just tiny, itty-bitty problems or mountain-sized problems, remember, the same power that, ra- that allowed Jesus to rise from the grave is available to you today. It's pretty big power, right? So tap into that power. Praise God for that trust in it. Third, love others by sharing the truth of the resurrection. Don't keep this a secret. What you just heard, Tell other people, okay? Tell them so that they know that, that Jesus really is who he claimed to be. And as a result, their, past mis- their yesterday's mistakes can be erased. That because Jesus really does have the power of Almighty God, that he gives them power to help them manage their present problems. And so that they too can know by the work of the Holy Spirit that because Jesus keeps his promises through faith in him as their Savior, their future eternity can be certain as well. What an amazing day, right? I mean, this is such an up day. We are all amped because it's Easter. And that's awesome. But as you celebrate those three truths and the impact that those truths can have on you and on the people around you, don't just let this, this joy fade at the end of the day because tomorrow you got to go back to work or whatever. Okay? Keep that joy alive, keep it burning, keep it growing. All right, well, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for Easter. Thank you for the joy, the power, the hope that it brings into our lives. Most of all, thank you for your son Jesus whose death and resurrection makes Easter such a wonderful celebration. Lord God, allow us to to rejoice in these truths and the impact that they have on our lives and allow us, Lord, to to live live those truths out, that joy out in all that we say and do. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we praise you for being our living Savior and King. We pray all this in your holy name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Amen.